This is the Rich Eisen Show. This play, as you know, is a an automatic. Here we go. Lovely show. They show. There it is. And they're in. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I think it looks ugly. <laughs> But it looks like rugby. I don't like the the pushing. That's the only thing. I just don't like it, and it's ugly, and it's tough to officiate. Today's guests, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long. Plus, your phone calls, overreaction Monday, and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. That's correct. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. A very busy Monday program, all three hours. Getting set to tell you what went down over the weekend. Our thoughts on it. Tonight's Monday night football game between the Niners and Vikings is a pretty darn big Week 7 finale. Chris Long of Greenlight Podcast fame is going to be joining us right in the middle of the first hour. Overreaction Monday, hour two. So much to react to from both professional and college football. The association tips off tomorrow night. So much happening in our neighborhood. Call us, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Whether you're watching on the Roku channel, free on all Roku devices, select Samsung Smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV, also on the Roku app, the RokuChannel.com. Call us if you're listening to us on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us. Also, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. And uh, even if you're listening to us on a podcast um, later on, whenever you're done, well, please uh, call us. Uh, Adam Chudwin, our call screener, might not be around to answer your call, but we, we love to hear from you. Uh, every metric of, of you hearing us and us Attempting to hear from you is is all that matters to us because it's one big happy family. Um, good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. What's going on, brother? And I, I've never been uh, so mad <laughs> after a Patriots win before. I want to talk about that with you. That's one of the many topics we've got teed up for our next three hours. DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. Good to see you, Mike Del Tufo. How are you? See you. Uh, college football, so much to discuss in yes. the world of college football as well on this program. Um, and the only reason why I know we're going to do it is I have all the plays. Uh, good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. What's going on, brother? What's, up, What's guys? going you know, on? Dallas was on a bye, so that was nice to be So what do you have on football. the grease board? What do you got? So the message for today is this, very simply, Miles Garrett is MVP. That's not a bad conversation okay. starter. If, I've, I've you know, been watching, Rich. I've been watching lately. That's not a bad conversation starter. Him? Can he, he play quarterback, too? Well, I mean, he might. He might. I don't know. They got they, they got a good quarterback right now in P.J. Walker. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns uh, currently uh, sitting at uh, four and three or four and two. Uh, lots to discuss on this program. 844-204-RICH is the, uh, the number to dial here on, on the show. We do, despite your uh, grease board. Uh, let's start this program in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm, yeah, let's buddy. do that. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies attempting to, as they say back in the day, uh, win a pennant this evening. They're trying to uh, take down the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, game seven tonight in uh, the uh, the American League Championship Series. That's going to be dynamite. What a fun weekend Scherzer right there. Scherzer on the mound. Let's see if he's still got it in a game seven. Uh, find that magic from back in the day. Uh, but let's start the show in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, home of the 6-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. And I've been telling y'all for the last few weeks not to be worried in Philadelphia. They aren't clicking on all cylinders. Who knows if something's clicking in Jalen Hurts' knee, for crying out loud, is he had to put a brace on in the middle of the game last night and said there's nothing to it. Will there be something to it? He says, I hope not, which doesn't really instill much confidence um, in the uh, in the Philadelphia Eagles world. 
But here's what should instill confidence in the Philadelphia Eagles world is that even with a track meet that comes into town, this is a fresh reminder as well, a track meet comes into town. And the way that the Philadelphia Eagles have been playing football, um, one would think on defense, they would have a problem with the Miami Dolphins bringing their track meet into town. Um, Press coverage on Tyreek Hill, as we saw at one point last night, is Tua hit Tyreek in the same way that Tua hit Devontae Smith in the championship game that birthed his path to being a first-round draft choice above Justin Herbert. And Jalen Hurts' path to Oklahoma two of the Philadelphia Eagles, two last night's game as the defending NFC champion quarterback. Um, Despite the track meet coming to town, in this day and age, it's amazing. If you control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, you've got a great chance to win a football game. And that's what the Eagles do. From Jalen Carter shoving Isaiah Wynn over and then out of the game threw him out of the Philadelphia club last night, which affected so much for this Dolphins team that, yes, has the top rushing offense coming into this game. Not the Eagles. It's the Dolphins. And Raheem Mostert got bottled up. Hassan Reddick was just jumping all over him last night. And then, you know, on the offensive line, when you've got Jason Kelsey and... You've got that kid Dickerson to his left. And you've got a 240-pound quarterback. Basically, you've got three downs to keep the Eagles from getting eight yards. That's about it because on fourth and one and a half, fourth and two even, they might do it, the brotherly shove. And it's it's a will-imposing play. It is who can go lower, who can go... Harder, it's really the way the Philadelphia Eagles love to hit you in the mouth. And then the difference maker, in my estimation, and we've seen it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's not the the brotherly shove, and it's not the imposition of will on both sides of the line of scrimmage that's a large part of it. But the Philadelphia Eagles, once upon a time, found a general manager and a front office that for whatever reason did not want to pay A.J. Brown 20-some-odd million dollars a year to play wide receiver for them. And I'm just wondering if John Robinson, the general manager of the Titans at the time, is sitting around wherever he is right now thinking, should have paid him that money. Or if it was ownership, I should have just told ownership, we're paying him this money. Yeah, because it certainly him. isn't a coach, Mike Vrabel, who came on this program when the rumors were leading into the draft that A.J. Brown was on the trading block or A.J. Brown wanted out to be traded and they were going to trade him. And he basically said, not while I'm coach of the Tennessee Titans. And he still is the coach of the Tennessee Titans. As we see A.J. Brown last night in the kick-ass Kelly Green throwbacks look like Harold Carmichael and everybody else who used to wear these Unis at the position all rolled into one because Hertz can go up top. Yeah, Devontae Smith is a terrific wide receiver in his own right, but this guy is a difference maker. And the head coach, who is the architect of the brotherly shove and is the personification of the brotherly shove 
as he's MFing anybody who can be an earshot of him from his sideline. You know, Nick Sirianni, the walking id of Philadelphia <laughs> sports, essentially. <laughs> he knows exactly what he has in A.J. Brown as well. This is what he had to say after dispatching with the Dolphins. Last night, holding the Dolphins to 17 points, season low. Season low. This is what uh, head coach Nick Sirianni had to say. He's on a tear right now. Um, and the other guys are playing good, too. They're, why is he on a tear? Well, because Devontae Smith's on one side. And, and Dallas Goddard is, on, is in the middle. And, and DeAndre Swift's in the backfield. And now Julio Jones over there. So appreciative of Howie. And, man, I, I thought there was something I – I would. I thought I would never say this, but but I think this week at practice, AJ was having an unbelievable practice, and I went up to Mr. Laurie and I go, I, I'm like, there's no way I ever thought this would have came out of my mouth. Thanks for the hundred million dollars to pay AJ Brown. I really appreciate that. Like a guy from Jamestown, New York, I never thought I'd ever say, hey, thanks for the hundred million dollars to pay AJ Brown. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for the hundred million dollars to pay AJ Brown. Another performance over 125 yards. And the touchdown to put him out of out of reach. And he tried to reach for one prior to scoring a touchdown. He could have had two last night. So we're all talking Tyree Kill and Waddle, and we're all talking about all these other wide receivers that were in the lot last night, but that's the one. Holy crap. So we'll hit you in the mouth. They'll run DeAndre Swift at you or Gainwell or Boston Scott when they play the Giants. And then you got also what they're doing on defense. That's a heck of a football team and circle their next game against, you know, Washington. And then they're going to also, after that, have Dallas before their bye in Kansas City after that. And then Buffalo after that. And then San Francisco after that. And then at Dallas and at Seattle after that, before they play the Giants twice around Arizona, which may have Kyler Murray there. Heck of a fun run coming up for this Philadelphia Eagles team. And they're 6-1 and one going into that stretch. Now then, the Miami Dolphins, let's talk about them. When you are as good as they are, and they're a very good football team. Very good football team. Because let's just put it this way as well. If we're going to talk about Kansas City, well, they lost night one because they didn't have Chris Jones holding out and Travis Kelsey either wasn't um, healthy or didn't have Taylor Swift in the building or whatever you want to do for excuses or talking about what they didn't have. Let's talk about Miami did not have Xavier Howard. I just went all in about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and they don't have Jalen Ramsey back yet when those two guys are out there. And I'm wondering if they'll be back in time for the Week 9 Sunday morning here in America contest that I'll be calling on NFL Network in Frankfurt, Germany, Chiefs-Dolphins. Oh, baby. Maybe they'll be back in time for this game and then put pressure on Mahomes because they can put pressure. That Jalen Phillips guy, look out, mm. right? I mean, they can rush it. They can play defense, and Vic Fangio is kind of nutty in his own right, and he's he's good enough. He's good <laughs> enough, to say the least, to, to conjure something up. And offensively, you know, they had a, an off game last night again, but in this league, when you're this good – on a certain side of the ball, and you have the buzz about you as Tyreek does and Mike McDaniel does and Tua does and our friend of the program, Raheem Mostert, he will always have a spot here because he loves my running style and complimented me as such. But when they have that buzz about you in this league 
and then you lose a game like last night, and then everybody kind of takes stock in week seven. The Miami Dolphins are currently right now this year's who have they really beaten team? Who have they really beaten? Okay. I think this is valid. I hear you. And I know you're one of them. You're in the camp of who have they really beaten? I absolutely am. All right. The Chargers. They beat them here in week one. Heck of an assignment on the road week one whenever we talk about Herbert's MVP candidacy and the guy who wasn't supposed to be drafted in front of him comes in the house and beats him. And then at New England. Again, now you see New England's a two-win team. Congratulations. No, do not congratulate I know that. me on that. Do not congratulate. You wrote that. Uh, yes. Do darn not it, con- I wrote that at the top of my do notes. Do not congratulate. And I did it anyway. <laughs> so at New England. That ain't an easy place to win. Ask Josh Allen. Ask any Jet quarterback ever. It doesn't matter. They did win it. Home against Denver. Who have they really beaten? Well, Denver just won a game. All right. Well, anyway. And then the Giants and Carolina, who have yet to win a game, and you lose at Buffalo and at Philadelphia. And the Dolphins are this year's who have they really beaten team. The teams they had won had a combined five wins going into yesterday. Yep. Patriots, Broncos, Giants all had I one win, know. and they all barely won yesterday. Well, Dolphins gonna, haven't beaten anybody, people. Wake they, up. They're going to have to, you know, if they beat the Chiefs, that would quiet that crowd. And I don't think they care about quieting the crowd because all they kind of need to do right now is stay ahead of a Buffalo Bills team that is fumbling for a light switch. We'll talk about that later on. And... Um, they lose to the Chiefs, that would really take them out of a significant running for a one seed that, wait for it, the Ravens are still in on, as we're talking about teams in the American Football Conference. And that lends another huge aspect to Chiefs-Dolphins right now, going into Week 9. But we have seen multiple teams of who have they really beaten getting in the tournament, the playoffs, in January, and then going on a run, which this team can do. However, when somebody comes to hit them in the mouth and has the ability to make Tua Tungo-Vailoa hold on to the ball for one more split second than he wants, this team seems to be beatable. And it's a copycat league, and you know as Miami now heads home for New England and that game in Germany after which they take on the Raiders for a bye. They're at the Jets on the Friday after Thanksgiving before visiting Washington, having Tennessee at home. I just gave you a number of winnable games despite having some hardcore defenses coming at them. They can run past these a lot of these teams, and Tyreek Hill can throw up deuces against a lot of these teams. I'm not concerned about the Dolphins is essentially my headline right there. But they have to deal with, if they care or not, the who have they really beaten. That's who that team is right now in the AFC. I don't know what that team is in the NFC right now. Who have they really beaten? Hmm. Because you can't say that about the Lions, even though they got curb stomped in the bank yesterday in Baltimore. Something we'll also talk about. But right now, congratulations, Miami. You're the who have they really beaten team right now in the 
NFL media. I don't know why you're laughing at that. I mean, we can because, look at it clear as day and see a, that the teams that because, they've beaten aren't very good. The teams that they've beaten will be in the top five in the draft. As of if the draft was tomorrow. If the draft was tomorrow. Yeah, man. None of those teams are making the playoffs. You could say that right now, and then you don't know because nobody ever knows. And again, you could always take a look at it from here backwards. Uh, but I know in the moment, the playoffs, Rich. <laughs> in the moment, <laughs> in the moment, the Los Angeles Chargers were the team, the it team at home, playing very well offensively, and they beat them. And then the New England Patriots coming off of that game against Philadelphia, which they almost won to put you in a spot where you actually would care if my if New England won or lost. You know, and then you go into their house and Bill is doing Bill things and they still came out with it. You know, you can you but now when you look back, it's just like, oh, they were pushovers. No, they weren't in those either of those days they were not pushovers. It wasn't neither of those were pushover. By the way, back to back road games to start the season. Who the hell wants to start? But that that's week on one the and road two. Weeks we, one and two. When we don't know anything. Again, but we know what those teams are and now. Then it, and we but, can see they weren't any good. So then how how could you lose to Buffalo, which is now stubbed its toe three other times? You know what I mean? Like so maybe beating losing to Buffalo is worse than it is, you're thinking, but you're also saying they should have beaten them and they didn't. So no, they're they got, worse. No, they, got, like, they got smoked. It feels like there's a bunch of goalposts moving. My opinion, yours is also, I'm not saying it's invalid. I just disagree with it. And I I would say to this, that's a playoff team I saw lose last night. Damn straight. And a dangerous one at that. One that you would hope doesn't win the division because you certainly want to go to that house of ours where weird stuff always happens down in Miami. Yeah, Dolphins playoff team for sure. But the five teams that they've beaten, are any of them playoff teams? Um, As of right now, they're not. As of right now, they are not. You are correct on that. 844-204-RICH. Number to doubt. Chris Long will ask him his level of concern about the Dolphins and uh, the Chargers who have come off of their bye losing two in a row. Their coach says it's time for a reset. The bye week was two weeks ago. Mm. And uh, what about the Bills? And Chris Long has opinions on so many great things and gives us terrific insight. He is next. You at 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests Work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Quick question, and I, honestly, I don't know the answer to it. Um, so uh, this is not trolling. Did you go to the Steelers Rams game yesterday? You, did I go? Yes, did you go? Me personally? Did you go? Like sit in my seats? Yes. And went to the game? Yes. No. Okay. Did you go to the Steelers Rams game yesterday, uh, Mike Del Tufo? No, but I oh. gave my tickets to a Steelers fan. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I think that's what he's. I think that's what he's getting what at. Are you, what are you? What about you? Did you? What about me? What? You? Do you pop them on a secondary ticket market? Um, or, did you, or did you do what Mike did, which is just give it for free to somebody to wear no, their towels? No, no freebies here. Okay, so we don't know. We're I have just no, assuming. I have no idea. I'm going to assume it was a Rams fan. Because they just, we just needed to have somebody help identify whose house it really is. Correct. Right, exactly. With their, with their vim and vigor. Yeah, Rams house. It's a good. You beat. guys, you guys, you guys. You know what? One day, maybe you won't be part of the problem. You know what I mean? Part of the problem. Part of How the problem. How about you uh, not waste timeouts in the first, uh, you know, when you, exactly. when you, need, when you need them? There you the go. End. Yep. At the end of the How game. How about be a better game manager? No, no. There How you about, go. Why is that my problem? Uh, it's, not our problem. You know what? It's a, it's an aggregate. Maybe one day you guys can be part of the equation. How many games did you go to during the Super Bowl year? Oh, a lot. Yeah, okay. See what and I'm I saying? I saw the Super Bowl, so You're I part of that. the equation. I went. You were being helpful. We, I mean, we went again. I'm not saying you didn't. We, I'm just we, saying we, you we, guys go. We went. It helps them Playoff win. Games we go. You sell your tickets. Was it bad? bad things happen? Like I said, I'm assuming that a Rams fan bought my seats. Why would you assume that? But also, because it was. Don't I saw, waste your timeouts. I saw a lot of terrible oh, towels. That was like a, that was a. That was in the lower home. section. That's where Mike is at. Oh, people you were up with the people? Yeah, they're real, the I'm oh, yeah. the real people. Yeah, there's no yinzers no 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 yeah, no, no, up no, there. No, no. Three oh, okay. level people. with the real people. The real yeah. people. Yeah. These guys, man. Don't waste your timeouts. You should just do what TJ does, which is don't buy the tickets because you know you're not leaving your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to work it. Back here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show. Peace in my crib. Sitting right. at the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show desk. Furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Back here in his usual Monday spot, the host of the highly popular Greenlight podcast, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Chris? Rich, what's up, man? Uh, Blueface went to the game yesterday. Did you all see that in L.A.? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Oh, oh yes, yeah, you, wait a minute. I, I did. Know. I did. <laughs> did you get your – were you the ones – did you give Blueface your tickets or was it Blueface's – Who gave Blueface the tickets? Or, 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 or – or, 
Or Chris, were you, did, perhaps it was Blueface's plus two. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Looked like, like a, a plus, plus four to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there hey we now. go, guys. Hey, hey, that's the way to bring hey. the energy. I'm just about the program. I don't think Blueface is going to be asked back to SoFi. I don't know about that. We all we know whose house he's in. Yeah. Oh my wow. goodness. Hey. Um, Could have so. used a terrible towel over some of that. You know? <laughs> hey. It's a cod piece. Blueface, baby. All right. I don't think I've ever used the word cod piece in the history of this program. We could I just did. All right. So your take coming out of the Sunday night game is what? Chris, what do you got? Well, um, first off, going into the Sunday night game, you're like, oh, Kansas City is still the best team in the AFC. Okay. Okay. And then <clears throat> you get into the Sunday night game, and there's a lot of talk about the Eagles, how they're, you know, they're not as good. And I, I would agree. Like, I think it's um, it's a little bit more uphill, a little tougher sledding this year than it was last year. But they still play a, a style of football that is – it's just hard to deal with if you're like the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, I I know the penalties didn't go their way. Okay, I got to get that out there for the Dolphins fans. Um, I know you had guys down. But that Eagles secondary was depleted, and this was your chance. Uh, you had to run the ball. Um, and the Eagles have done a great job all year of stopping the, the run game with a light box, and they forced them into third and longs. At the end of the day, the Dolphins scored 10 points offensively. And for all the 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 flash and flair, I think the Eagles just came in and said, "Hey, they're like a team. They're they're like a sports car, right? Like the Dolphins are like a sports car. Well, a, a nice flat F one surface. That's like the Panthers, and you know whoever else they played, the Broncos, that sort of thing. The Eagles want to want to muddy things up, and they have the capability to do that. And even when the run game wasn't going, like going, going." They just stuck with it, and I thought the D-line did a, a great job when they had the opportunity to pressure Tua. I talked about it coming into the game. Tua is as good as anybody in the league with a clean jersey, but when he's pressured, he's 40% completion. He's 48 passer rating. That sandwiches him between Zach Wilson and uh, the other guy in the AFC East. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember the other guy. Mac Jones. So, you know, like no disrespect, I think he's a, I think he's a great player. But the, the formula against Tua is if you can pressure him, and with the game on the line, I did not think that was P.I. on Mostert. I'll give you the face mask for sure. Uh, I also didn't see anybody talking about Eli Apple getting there early on A.J. Brown, the very possession before that, uh, which got them off the field. But I think with the game on the line, you get pressure in the middle, and it hurt them that another guard went down and win. Um, you know, Tua throws a pop fly, and the Eagles cash in. I thought it was... Jalen Hurts is going to take a lot of lumps. He would have took even more if he lost the game, but he played some hero ball in spots. And, you know, I know the turnovers are up, but that fourth and three when you got to have it, it's terrifying. We talk about it on this show and my show all the time, Rich. Mm -hmm. When you are in that middle eight, the four minutes before the half, the four minutes after the half, things can change so quickly for you playing against the Dolphins. And I thought the, the Eagles having the balls to throw the ball on fourth and three um, in that situation, knowing if you give it back to them at about midfield, they might go down and score, and they come out of the half with the ball. Jalen Hurts making that throw in the backbreaker to A.J. Brown. Uh, I think he's playing hurt, and uh, I think he did enough to to win this game for them. I, I, I can't say enough about him. Imperfect, but just a gutsy performance. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show um, and on the officiating. Uh, do you think it's as bad as it ever right now? 
Chris Long. That's, I don't that, know. that's the general it's, sense of it right now, that this is as bad as it's been. There were a couple of calls uh, that went against Indianapolis in the end zone that allowed yep. Cleveland the opportunity to pop it in on the one-yard line um, and win that game at the very end. Uh, we saw the spotting of the football on, no, on a fourth down in Los Angeles that was way off. Um, yeah. And uh, clearly, um, had there been a timeout in you know, McVeigh's pocket, they would have been able to review it. I mean, th- those are just a couple. And it just seems to be uh, a nonstop flurry, the one that happened at the end of the Bills and Giants. It, there just it seems to be a nonstop flurry of these types of plays that one would think Sky Judge would be able to fix if there was the ability to just review everything or review things of this nature. I gotta be I gotta be honest, Rich. When I played, I thought the officiating was tough. Now I also like Jeff Fisher, a good buddy of mine, my old ball coach, he was on competition yes. committee. And one thing he always talks about is how much credit we need to give the officials for making tough calls. And I think they make tough calls all Sunday, every Sunday, and most times they don't get praised. They only get, you know, it's like an offensive lineman's job. Yep. You know, uh, you don't talk about Lane Johnson until he gets beat for a sack, which, by the way, I think the guard was supposed to slide out. So just <laughs> Good one. anybody that thinks he got beat finally for a sack, just take that into account. But um, I, I think I think the officiating is always going to be inconsistent. It's a really tough job. Um, you have to overcome some bad calls. You have mechanisms in your back pocket. If you're Sean McVay, I understand you're taking timeouts to get to get it together on a third down that they actually convert. Uh, earlier in the half, I know that they're taking timeouts in that situation because the Steelers are in four-minute mode. But more than anything, there's always like a chance that the team that got burnt by a penalty can help themselves, right? Or there's always like a hey, you can look back at Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson damn near blew the game for the the Steelers. If I have that right in my head, yeah, he you had a conversion, yeah. and then he comes over and he's doing this and he's taunting the guy, and then they got to go back again to Allen Robinson. They got to replay the down, right? Yep. Um, so like the chips fell the wrong way for the Rams. I think they got hosed there, but there's no guarantee that they even win that game. You know, I think the Steelers had played, uh, you know, they were playing tough defense at the time, and TJ had a big play to start the second half. That was huge. It was. And the calls for Miami, like, listen, I am, if the Eagles, 10 calls went against them, no calls against the Dolphins, I would note it. But that's not why you lost the game. Let's be let's be real. You know, like, uh, you lost the game because the Eagles were more physical and they had the better game plan and they controlled the game from from the outset. You, you, you don't want to be in a situation like that. Start faster. Five of those penalties are pre-snap. Control what you can control. That was the big thing that they always told us in NFL locker rooms, control what you can control. Um, and don't put yourself in positions where one bad call burns you. Uh, so I am sympathetic to a lot of those calls. I think the NFL needs to clean it up. But as we go on the fly here through the NFL season, there's going to be teams every week to get burnt by these calls. Chris Long. Um, Green, oh, it's sure. just the reality. Chris it's Long. just the reality. Chris Long, Greenlight Podcast host right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, we're nearing the midpoint of the season. I mean, the, the trade deadline is is a week from uh, this coming Tuesday. And, uh, you know, rubber's meeting road. You can kind of tell which teams are which in the NFL. So uh, we've come up with a, a new segment within our segment, Chris. Uh, Ooh, co- yeah, segment it, Inception. It, here we go. It, it's called it just exactly like Inception. It's very, very Christopher Nolan. Uh, here we go. Uh, it's called Chris Long's Levels of Concern. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Please, Pittsburgh. 
It's Chris Long's level of concern. There you go. Very good. I like the oh, uh, I naked that. gun. That was a very that. That, was, that was naked nice. gun at the top. Tremendous. Excellent drop. Um, all right, Chris. Now, now, now we got to come through. Uh, your level of concern for the Buffalo Bills now is what? My level of concern for the Buffalo Bills is like orange. Okay, like, you know, if we went off like the Tom Herman piss chart where, you know, like it's brown at the bottom, you're dehydrated, you're a bad teammate. Yes. They're in the orange zone. Like they've 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 passed the the yellow zone, which is the middle. Yes. They're in the orange zone where I'm a little bit concerned about them. And a lot of it is because you got problems on both sides of the ball. You know, like you look at the Eagles right now, you kind of know, hey, the offense, it's sputtered at times relative to expectation, but they're scoring like 30 points a game. Okay. The Bills have been in repeat spots where they let an inferior team, and I want to give the Pats credit because I put something up on YouTube last night and it kind of centered around the Bills. Mm-hmm. And Pats fans are like, wait, we're the center of attention. Not when you're two and five. Okay. Like it's about the team with Super Bowl aspirations that lost that game uh, to a team that has trailed by 10 points or more in the first half, five of six games. And they flipped that script. And, you know, I think the the biggest cardinal sin for me as a defense is two-minute drives at the end of the game. You Tyler, Tyrod Taylor go and basically win the game if it's not for a, a no call. And then last week, I think they need a number two. I think their passing game is deep or it's quick and there's no intermediate stuff. Uh, I have a lot of concern about them, but it starts with the injuries on defense. Games like this, you need your defense. And your level of concern for the aforementioned Dolphins now? Do you have any? There's no concern. I don't have concern. Like, for me to be concerned about the Dolphins, I would have to be surprised. You know, like, I think they're an elite football team and that they're going to be in the playoffs. They can win a playoff game. But when you talk about winning three playoff games in a row or four playoff games in a row, how do you figure you're going to do that when you're 0-6 against playoff teams since last September when you beat the Ravens and the Bills? And I think what's even more concerning for the Dolphins is every time they get in a primetime spot, 15 points against the Bengals, 17 points against the Chargers. You know, you can count uh, the 425 last year against San Francisco, 16, 17 points there. They're 10 points offensively last night. They turn into a different team in these big spots, and I'm just calling it how I see it. So if you have Super Bowl aspirations for them, I would be concerned about how they play against top talent. But they're going to play themselves into the playoffs, and then they have to go do this thing that they haven't been able to do. So I would say medium yellow so what would what would if you're the dolphins do because clearly now you've lost to two physical front sevens um and one in division one out of conference what do you do the reason i'm not orange on the dolphins rich Mm -hmm. is uh is because they're gonna get xavian howard back they're gonna get jalen ramsey back i thought the defense played really well last night in spots uh although in some spots they couldn't get off the field I think for for this team to be healthy, to be rolling, if they can get some guys back up front, they're dangerous. They're really dangerous, but they've yet to beat an, an actual playoff team in about a calendar year. All right, Chris Long in the middle of the very first. By the way, I think we're this is going to stick. This is the pilot episode of Chris Long's level of concerns. Um, so the level of concern for the Lions after getting absolutely eviscerated in Baltimore. Do you have one for the Lions, Chris? Yellow, again, it's a team I would put them in the Dolphins class, although they've actually passed some of their tests against good teams. Um, They were playing left-handed, right? They're playing outside, which is not where they want to be. I said this on my show last last week. Mm -hmm. If they want to win playoff games, they've got to host them, you know? 
in January, in, you know, in January with Jared Goff outside, you know, yesterday was like a little preview of some elements that wouldn't be exactly perfect. I mean, it gusts at 13, 15 miles an hour. Uh, you're playing left-handed without a running back. And more than anything, if you can't get pass rush, I thought the Ravens played lights out and Lamar looked terrific. So I think this is a stinker for them. Um, but again, I don't think this, this means they can't go where they were trying to go before they're going to have games like this because they're not built to play from behind. I, I would put the panic meter at yellow for them. They have a soft schedule the rest of the way. Keep winning games, buy yourself a home game in the playoffs. If you can, what about your level of concern for the Los Angeles chargers? Where does that stand? Red alert, red alert. I felt yesterday and I'll say this rich. Uh, it kind of felt like in seven different ways, the Chiefs saying, that's your best shot. <laughs> you know, that, that first half, you know, they go toe-to-toe with them. It's just like the beginning of Brandon Staley's tenure, and I jumped out of the gym for it. You got this this talented rookie QB on a rookie deal. Now he's not anymore. So good luck with with surrounding him with talent. This was their best shot as of late as an organization to get in the picture in the AFC West and the chiefs have completely changed the way they do business. And they did it while keeping you at bay over the last two, three years. And it's just like the rivalry, the first couple of games, you were like, Oh, we're going to have something. I think yesterday they closed the door on the, uh, on the chargers in the AFC West. I think they closed the door on mm-hmm. Brandon Staley's tenure. Wow. And I think this was like a, Hey, see y'all down the line. Really? That is yeah, they're two and four. No. I mean, like, look at, Look at their schedule coming up. I, I don't think it's I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And I'm I would I picked the Chargers to win the West. I'm an idiot. All right. <laughs> I, I'm an accountable idiot because I've kept on being like, hey, one of these years they're gonna figure it out. And the Chiefs, some of these deficiencies like the receiver core or Chris Jones holding out. At that point, I want a mulligan because he came back. But like this this was gonna be the year. And, you know, if you can't strike while the iron's hot with, with the quarterback young on a rookie deal the last couple of years, you can't right. do it this year. I don't, when are you ever going to do it? Yeah. The coach said he, he Staley said, uh, I want a reset. Um, but the team needs a reset. They just came off of a buy, um, and have lost two in a row, you know, what kind of, what kind of reset do you need? Yeah, and then on top of it, you know, it's like Travis Kelsey, he's the one guy you can't let beat you. How does that happen? Der- Derwin do- James. How does that happen? Der- Honestly, I don't know because. Because Derwin James is the one guy in division. Sometimes you bring guys in or you have guys right. where you're like, he's going to take away somebody in division. Um, they have never held Travis Kelsey down. And yesterday, with the whole season on the line, in my opinion, they couldn't do it. And I think Patrick Mahomes, more than anything, is just a wizard. And, and this was an opportunity where all week you had Russell Wilson stats next to his. Like, what are we doing on TV? Like, you know, we just run out of things to talk about. He is Patrick Mahomes, and yesterday he proved it. And the middle of the field is where he killed them. He killed them in the intermediate. He killed them in the middle of the field. And those extended downs, if you can't get rush on him, Travis is going to kill you every time. They have connected their last 28, uh, you know, connections. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they haven't missed a single connection. One in 3,000 chance, Rich. Well, I, well, the question is again. You, you're you're my defensive guy here. How yeah. does Kelsey? How does Kelsey get so wide open when you know? And and by the way, in a way that he doesn't. Yeah. Against others, he didn't against the Jets. He didn't against Denver. Not like this. I mean, obviously he's 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 damn near like Jamar Chase, always effing open. But but he's just well, standing he's by not himself open, in the middle if, of the field. If he's not open, he finds. And that's the confounding thing because when I played for Bill. 
for a year, you learn like he was going to erase somebody. And it was like, we're not going to let Travis Kelsey beat us, whether it was shipping him off the line, which was annoying as a rusher because you're like, oh, now I can't rush. But like eventually, you know, if you're bracketing, if you got somebody over the top of him, like a cloud kind of thing. But it, it just feels like he's just wide open, like you said yesterday in this game. And when he's not open, he's going to be open in two seconds. And I think that's the that's the backbreaking stuff. You know, I talked about the Chargers coming in third and 11 plus like third and long third and eight to 12 in that range. Staley last week was talking about, hey, we're 30. We're, we're the best in the league. We're one of the best in the leagues on third and longs. But when you adjust for penalties, they're in the bottom of the league. And like and they've been getting burnt on these third and longs for years with Travis Kelsey. And if you can't get off the field against these guys, they're just going to the way they can run the ball now play complimentary football, it's it's a long day. And I'm not even going to – by the way, great uh, level of concern first for you. I thought that was excellent, Chris. I think yeah, hey, no problem. Because well, we're no in that problem. time of year. I mean, I'm not going to do it every single time. We're in the time. green zone. I'm yeah. not concerned about the segment. Okay, very good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the Raiders, what do you think's going on in that locker room right now with Max Crosby doing what he's doing? And and then, you know, Tyson Bajant um, yeah. beats them. And – and Brian Hoyer picks sixes, and that's when they put Aiden O'Connell in. Like, there, there's a lot of head scratchers happening there. And you know, Devontae Adams is kind of holding his tongue despite being is one of the most, you know, sodium pentothal guys in the league. What do you make of this, Chris, before I let you go? Here. Man, it's tough being in a division with the Chiefs. It's like, it just feels like just disappointment city. And mm-hmm. for the Raiders over the last couple of years, um, just not being able to close any distance. Um, it's got to be frustrating for Devontae Adams, who who basically picks up and, and you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, he was trying to fix it and, and uh, he wasn't sure about Aaron's future and that sort of thing. You end up in Vegas. It's just been a, a hellish couple of years for him with just everything he's been through. And for Max... I really feel that. I mean, I used to be a rusher on a very bad team. You know, I think I had 13 on a two and 14 team. Like you're, you're looking around like what, what, what else can I do? Um, Hmm. And how much better would my life be somewhere else? I'm not thinking, I don't think Max wants out. He seems like a Raider for life to me. I mean, he seems like a perfectly branded Raider. And my only advice to him would be just keep your head down and keep playing your ass off because people see it. And I think, you know, looking at for like a Max Crosby or Devontae Adams, because I I can't tell those guys anything, you know, but what I can tell them is about being on bad teams. And I would just say, like, play so that you stand out on a bad team so that people have to take notice of how resilient you are um, when they turn the tape on. This Max Crosby's crazy. Why is he playing so hard? This team's trash. Well, it doesn't matter because he's got bigger goals. I think I think he's a Hall of Fame type talent. I know my dad talked about that this week. He's kind of the Raiders gatekeeper, loves Max Crosby. Um, I feel for these guys, man. And such a storied franchise to be in the dumps for so long. Yeah, and he's uh, his next game is on Monday night uh, to wrap up week eight. Um, he went to Eastern Michigan. He'll be playing in Detroit, which, as you know, is ready to you know bury film and turn a page and just start biting yeah. somebody else's kneecap off. Uh, who's yeah. your who's your Who's your guest this week? What do you got for me on Greenlight Pod, sir? What do you so have? This week, there is a uh, – yeah, should we tell them, guys, maybe? we got a good uh-huh. chance of getting a very good stealer. Uh, okay. And I've been gunning for TJ Watt for a while, and there's a good chance we get the, go. the man himself. Let's so, go. Um, Let's go. Yes. Let's so do it. we got an AFC North guy. He almost had a pick six. That was a what a what a way to to, to start that Huge. half after the Rams Huge in the play. almost middle eight of them, as you, to use your phrase – 
with a touchdown on either side uh, possibility, and he he flipped the script, and uh, things no changed. Question. Chris, thanks for the time. Love it. Always. Chris, appreciate you. Appreciate it. All right, see you all. Right back at you. Host of Greenlight with Chris Long Podcast, the man himself. Let's take a break. Uh, Magic Johnson's latest tweet to tell us what happened in the Washington Commanders game actually lended, uh, lent us, sent us down a path to back up his claim with numbers, and we're going to do that. Don't miss that next. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because sleep number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save 40% on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Whenever they uh, have a shot of a head coat. The cutaway. The cutaway. Mm-hmm. We like to guess mm-hmm. what that individual is like as a stepfather. <laughs> Brockman, who's up first? Who do we have up first here? First up, Alabama head coach, Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. What is he, what would, taking a look at Nick Saban. Nick is Saban is the kind of stepfather that regardless of how uh, different he may seem to you, mm-hmm. in every single Christmas card yes. photo, his hair has been the exact same <laughs> since the since he married your mother. He's also the kind of stepfather that wears uh, uh, dress pants and then a you know a, a white tank top undershirt <laughs> all the time, unless he leaves the house and then he puts on the dress shirt. Former 49er head coach, current Michigan head coach, um, Jim uh, Harbaugh. Be gentle here. You be having a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. You think it's going really great. Mm-hmm. And then he just all of a sudden gets a look on his face and he goes, what was that? <laughs> and your heart just goes into your throat and you think you've, you, you've said something horribly wrong. And you instantly start thinking about all the things that you could possibly yeah. be getting in trouble sure. for. Do we have Tom Sula? Do we yeah, have we Tom? have a bonus line. Yeah, you got Tom Sula? You I've, got, your oh, this, yeah, I've got what this about, one. What I've got your current Narner head coach? He is the kind of guy that we will be having a conversation with you, and he'll never be looking at you. And uh, he'll be going, how was your day? You got a good day? And you start telling him how your day was. And then he'll always go, hey, honey, what's for dinner? <laughs> 
No matter what you're talking about, so you let me, can, I, can we try? Soul. Can we try? Yeah, you'd be bearing your soul. Yeah. So uh, hold on a minute. So um, I'll be I'll be your stepson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 Richie, how, how was the day? That was great, uh, Dad. Let me tell you about what was going on. Hey, in honey, have you seen the clicker? <laughs> Where's the clicker? <laughs> Niners have come a long way from the honey. Have you seen the clicker Tom Sula days? Tom Sula. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-H, number to dial. Listen, we are here for you on this program. We are here for you. We're here to take your calls. We're here to hear from you. We're also here to make you smarter and help you get information you need. And sometimes we need help. <laughs> and sometimes we need to lean on the information and the analysis of one Irvin Magic Johnson. And after the Washington Commanders lost 14-7 to to the Giants, the one-win Giants, on Sunday, the uh, Washington Commanders acted many different ways in the first half as if it was surprising that Wink Martindale was going to throw a kitchen sink at them every single time Sam Howell went back to pass. Mm-hmm. Right. Guy couldn't breathe. He's going he's gonna to break David Carr's sack record. I think so. He's, He's at 40 good. through Dude, seven games. I am concerned that his hair is not just bedhead. It's just mussed up. Poor guy. But Urban Magic Johnson, uh, do you have the tweet there, please? There it is. Disappointing 14-7 loss for my commanders to the NY Giants. It's hard to win in the NFL when you only score seven points. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense, right? But you know what? Let's help Magic out a little bit. Chris, you, when you saw this tweet, you're like, Let's get NFL research on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Magic is correct. Oh, really? He is correct. So you reached out. Put it up. Here it is. Here are the numbers. Teams that scored exactly seven points in a game thus far this season, 0-3. Last 10 seasons, 0-97. Oh, wow. Since the millennium turn. <laughs> Six and 359. That's a winning percentage of 1%. Wow. I want to round up. It's 2%. In the Super Bowl era, <laughs> teams that have scored exactly seven in a game are 32, 1,023, and four. How about that? Four t- you eked out four ties. And in the history of National Football That's League incredible. action, the record of teams scoring exactly seven points in a game, 178 wins, 1,540 losses, and 60 ties. Interestingly enough, look at that. 60 ties. Uh, it's 10%. But that's what? That's the 20s up until That's all the history of the NFL. The last team, you're wondering, when was the last team to score exactly seven points and win? Is that what you're asking? TJ, would you like to know the answer to that I question? Thinking, yeah, Here you go. No idea. In week 13 of 2012, Rex Ryan's New York Jets beat the Arizona Cardinals 7-6. to six Oh, my God. When Greg <laughs> McElroy... Subbed Frank in for the benched Mark Sanchez, who what? threw three interceptions. Roll Tide. Found Jeff Cumberland on a one-yard touchdown to eke out the win. Seven to six. Jay Feely accounting for the six points. Two field goals in support of Ryan Lindley's. Ten of 31 Ten of for 72 31. yards. 23 of them to Larry Fitzgerald. And one interception. That's the last time that happened. So magic is correct. However, however, we go deeper into the numbers. I don't know if this is excuse making. Because this is tremendous. In the history of teams scoring exactly seven points, 
The Washington franchise has the fourth best oh, winning percentage oh, in wow, such games. Wow. Chicago wow. Bears lead the league all time in winning 21% of the games in which they've scored seven. Good to have a good defense. Well, they're the oldest team in the league. And then there's the Packers, the Giants, and Washington. 10-60-4 now. They've won 15% of the games in which they've scored exactly seven points. <laughs> oh, and you know, but who's not up for making excuses in these games? Jonathan Allen of the Washington Commanders. <laughs> We're going to play his soundbite after this loss. And Are folks, we? <laughs> just want to make sure everyone knows <laughs> it's not the sound of a truck backing up in your neighborhood. Hit it. What's the evaluation like after a loss like that? They whooped our ass, plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that <laughs> Yes, it does. I'm <laughs> tired of this. <laughs> tired of this bull. <laughs> been seven years of the same. <laughs> tired of this. What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play. Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because he's upset he's and, and I have mad. a reason for really upset. Very but I mad, just, huh? by the way, I, I love Jonathan Allen keeping it together for the first two questions, just yeah. giving the answer. And then <laughs> frustration is just like just a, 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 a slew of invectives. And by the way, kudos to the reporter for one last follow up to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have the composure. And then my favorite part is the end. <laughs> When he drops one more F-bomb in front of Philadelphia to refer yeah. to Philadelphia's <laughs> F in Philadelphia. I love it. All of it. Oof. From that all the way to Magic Johnson's cogent analysis Beep. from the ownership suite of the Washington Commanders. It's tough to win when you score seven points. By the way, the numbers totally support it. The exception of Washington is used to winning these games more often than most franchises in the history of the National Football League. Just a history lesson back to magic as a thank you for helping us understand what happens when your team only scores seven points. I don't mean to laugh. I think you do. <laughs> oh, for their last 97. That graphic is unbelievable. Of course it's Rex Ryan's Jets that came up with that the last, last one. win in MetLife. Could you imagine your fireman had... You know, that's why we Jets fans are just we're beaten down. We actually saw a seven to six win and we're supposed to walk off of that going, OK, I feel good. Like we got some momentum here. <laughs> Sanchez through three picks got benched. Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy. Just following. Do you know what he's doing? He's following in the footsteps of the. Uh, history of Jets winning quarterbacks from the state of Al from yeah. uh, Alabama. Yeah. As we all know, Joe's Joe, from Western Joe PA. But, you know, former Joe. Alabama quarterbacks Just winning for them. the Jets. There's Namath and McElroy. McElroy. That was Greg's only year in the NFL. Yeah, man. <laughs> Probably Seven to six for Rex. Oh, he didn't even he get, didn't the, get win. the win. He didn't, he didn't start. start. No, that's right. <laughs> he, he, didn't start. The <laughs> he started one game that year and lost. So it is tough to win when you score just seven points. Wow. Because Greg McElroy threw the touchdown pass, and he didn't get the win. It went the to only Sanchez. touchdown pass of his career. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer, played in that game. Fitz must have been just staring into space. <laughs> How but did Larry Fitzgerald not get out of there? Staring into space after that one. Mark, I want you to have my cheese truck. There you go. Great segment, guys. Phenomenal. Hour two, we'll talk 
Bills and Lions and Ravens. Oh, my. Overreaction Monday, too.